And we are back, Devils on the Rush, Season 2, Episode 13. Hockey's officially back, first week under the belt, three games, one win, one overtime shootout loss, and one regulation loss. Um, You know, initially the Devils flattened the tires of the Red Wings, but then took a nasty bite from the Coyotes and the Panthers, uh, and here we are at 1-1-1. One, one, and one. How are you feeling, Alex? Um, all things considered, I feel pretty good, honestly. Um, you know, we'll talk about it here in the, the episode, but they were, you know, I think they showed in spurts that they're going to be able to play at a high level. It's just by getting the consistency. Yeah, um, they... I don't think scoring the puck is going to be an issue when they decide that they want to play their fast, high-paced hockey. Um, there's none of these teams that they played this week could keep up with them. Um, I mean, Jack essentially took over the game uh, uh, opening night um, with some just ridiculousness, um, and you know, slow start against the Coyotes, slow start against the Panthers. But once they turned it on, they dominated the game, and you know, maybe. The Panthers going, you know, we'll get into it a little bit. Goes a little bit differently if they actually got that call at the end of the game because of the momentum, and you know, if they had another six on four, who knows, right? Yeah. Um, but still, not good enough. By no means is this good enough to make the playoffs. Um, this is not good enough to be where they're expected to be. Um, some things need to change. Some players need to turn it around, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, Ruff is already making some changes to his line combos too, so we'll get into that when we're previewing the next, well, light week of games. Yeah, so uh, let's uh, hop into the Red Wings game. Yeah. So Devils won this one 4-3. Um, you know, it really should have been 4-2, but they gave up that late one to the to the Red Wings. Um, slow start, though, right? Uh, they did not look good in the first. Um, there was... Bits and pieces that were bright, but definitely were kind of eh. Um, and then what seemed to wake them up was the Dylan Sprong call. Uh, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought, yeah, like you said, slow start. Um, kind of expected that a little bit because it was the first game of the season and the Wings are a much looking different team than they were a season ago. Um, but they picked it up in the second, really, because Jack Hughes just was like, Took it on his back and was like, well, Could we I'm just stop and appreciate that first goal off the yeah. back of his head? And but, this is not the first time or the second time, but the third time he's been able to shoot the puck in off the back of a goalie, the back of his head, his ass. I mean, the, the kid's the kid's a magician. And this, this I think, was the furthest behind the net, though. I think. He was definitely behind the red line when he shot that puck. Yeah, for sure. The one that I remember most is obviously the link when he did it to Charlie Lindgren against Washington last yes. season, and then he did it to Tristan Jari a couple of seasons ago too. Um, but yeah, I mean that was something else. And even the second goal was he kind of cut back and was like fading away when he shot the puck. Um, yeah, that's why people think he could you know total a hundred points this season. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's he looked great. Yeah, I mean, he's got what six points in three games, I think, right, or something like that. Um, so, yeah, he looks really good so far. He's been one of the, you know, I think, I guess the few players that have really been kind of consistently good for the most part. 
Um, and he was a big reason why they got into it. And th- uh, they won the game against the Red Wings. And you could see kind of after that, uh, when he get those two highlight real goals, that the Devils kind of just picked up the game from the rest of it. And they, they took advantage there. But they wouldn't have, you know, come away with uh, the two points if it wasn't for Vanacek early in the game as well. Well, it also it also got the crowd going, right? Like, I, yeah. I was there opening night. Obviously, it was electric to start. But then, like, you know, it, it, the building kind of got you know, deflated a little bit after the first. Um, and then Sprong score, and you're like, ah, oh, mother, you know. But yeah. then a minute and a half later, Jackie Boy comes home with something truly outrageous. And, and from there, the crowd was, like, you know, eating out of the palm of his hand. Yeah, I mean, you could tell just even on TV that the energy was incredible because uh, it was opening night as well. So I mean, if yeah. you got Patty that night, the place would have lost it. Yeah, I think he almost did. If I don't remember, he did. He, I think, hit the side of the net um, on on an opportunity. But yeah, he's something special. Now, something that was, you know, I guess slightly concerning is that they were fifty fifty on the penalty kill. Um, You know, the the penalty kill hasn't been its best to start the season, uh, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I agree with that, and uh, you know, it looked pretty good in the preseason, which is why I, that's why I don't really take much away from preseason stuff because you just small sample size and you're not playing against full lineups most of the time. So that's why I was a little, I guess, I don't know. I, I was still kind of taken aback about how bad the penalty kill's been through the first three games. Because um, this is fun. something that's been like a stalwart for them. Even when they've sucked, they've had a good penalty kill. Yeah, which is why I think they'll get it in time. Uh, there are some new players there on the back end. Uh, you have Kevin Ball kind of basically taking over um, Ryan Graves' role. And then you have Nosek, um, you know, basically re- uh, replacing Yegor Sharangovich too. So there are some new faces there. Um, but I think the system will be there in the end. And it, it was, um, I think Danica who pointed out, and I don't remember one of I don't remember which of one of the three games that uh, they played, but the, you know they've had some failed clearing attempts. That um, you know just not being able to get the puck out when they have had chances to do so. I think that was a bit of a problem against Florida too. But it's like Danico. I remember saying him saying in that game that the effort was there. That just Florida just made some good plays to keep the puck in. Um, but yeah, the penalty kill has been a bit of an issue. It was against Detroit. You know, I think it cost them against Arizona too. They they gave up. The, the the game tying goal, I think. In the, they also took seven penalties, too, in the Arizona Detroit, game. Yeah. No, in Arizona, Arizona. Yeah. yeah, well, that game was insane. I mean, both teams were racking up a lot of penalties. They were calling that one tight, especially in the second period. They were. They were. But, um, yeah, they gave up two in the Arizona game. They've given up one. They gave up one in the Florida game. And the one they gave up in the Florida game was a backbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that was that the fourth? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they gave up two in the Detroit game. Like, not good. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, Ryan McGill is still on the team, so I think they're going to figure it out at some point. Um, but, yeah, not a great start for the penalty kill this season, that's for sure. Especially since I think a lot of us thought they'd be like a top five, top ten unit again this season. Obviously, this remember, when I, remember when you told me my bold prediction wasn't bold enough? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and they also got killed from the dot in the Detroit game. Yeah. It was fifty-seven to forty, fifty-seven point six to forty-two point four. Unbelievable. 
yeah, not acceptable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't cost them in the end. They did. They did end up possessing the puck. I think more than Detroit as the game went along. I, th- I think after those kind of the two jackals, the um, the Devils really kind of put their foot on the gas um, the rest of that game and had most of the play uh, over Detroit. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think the faceoffs is more of an issue when you're on special teams and you have limited time to to work either to kill a penalty or uh, for the power play. You got to win draws there more often than not. Um, I think it's also important to point out Dougie has picked up where he left off last season. Um, yep, he he's dominant. And shout out to Jonas Siegenthaler for a three point night. Yeah. Three yeah, point nine for 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 the Swiss guard. Yeah, he's looked pretty good to start the season too. He 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 was one of the you know players that looked good in the preseason. It's just kind of carried over into start the regular season. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't expect you know Siegenthaler to be a playmaking uh, defenseman. That's not really his thing. So three assists in one game, pretty impressive. I'm sure that's gonna it's already coming back down to earth if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he had a good uh, opener against Detroit as well. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to touch on from the Detroit game? I thought uh, Vitek played very well. Yeah, he did. I agree. Yeah, he played well. He gave him a chance to come back. I think without him in the first, you know, forty minutes, thirty, they forty minutes, like fifteen shots in the first or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? Detroit got their chances. He got help from the post, obviously, but um, he was still playing well. And like, well, yeah, he his- would say, he would say, it's not help from the post. It's I covered my what wasn't going to go in the net. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, he he was playing well that game, so uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think without him in the first, you know, 35 to 40 minutes of that game before Jack started scoring and the team kind of found their legs, that they wouldn't have. He gave him a chance to come back with his play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, should we move on to the Yotes? Yeah. An up and down game, a very choppy game, uh, due due to the tight calling, as as you said, and it always it's always a roller coaster when you know you get a lot of special teams or four on four, and, and that's certainly what we saw at least in the second period because that was yeah. just wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, they outshot the Yotes. They faceoffs were split down the middle. Um, power play had two goals, which is encouraging. I mean, like. We would have taken a two-goal power play any game last season, yeah. um, but again, as we mentioned earlier, they gave up two, so that you know that almost negates it, right? In a sense, like you need to win the special teams battles, um, and you know you got to stay out of the box. I understand there were some ticky-tack calls, but seven-seven, right? You know, um, if you know the refs are calling it tight, you gotta you gotta hold up a little bit. Um, and I thought, you know. Slow start again, make a wild comeback in the second, but then just just couldn't close it out. Yeah, the the third goal I think that Arizona scored was a power play goal that uh, cost them. Cooley had a sweet pass. Though. Yeah, it was a really nice pass from Cooley. Like you can't deny that it was a really good play. I think that's one Akira Schmidt probably would want back to short side um, from a relatively tight angle, if I remember right. Very tight angle. Yeah, I was actually kind of shocked it went in. Yeah, me too. I was a little surprised it went in, if I remember right. So um, I, he played well that game as well, though. Like he gave him a chance to come back as well. Um, it's tough to assess like they're playing at five on five that game because so little of it was played at five and five, especially in the second period. 
Um, but they weren't playing their best when the game was at that game state, and that was one where the power play kind of willed them back into the game. I mean, the Jesper Bradshaw. Yeah, basically. Um, and the power play, too, it was a good spot for them because the Coyotes had a terrible power, penalty kill last season, and it kind of looks like their penalty kill could still be kind of rough this season, even though the team in general has improved. Um, so I thought it was good to get a result out of that game that they didn't really deserve to win, uh, like just getting one point. Was probably good. Uh, I thought the Coyotes were. Yeah, I'd say the Coyotes were definitely the better team uh, for. You know, a yeah, I mean, of it's it. just tough to go back to back off opening night, and yeah, then it's a little like, bit of weird scheduling. But yeah, um, yeah, that was maybe a tough schedule spot. loss, right? Schedule loss. Shout yeah, out Devils it, Marketing it, Department. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, they were really good in the second half of back to backs last season. I think they were like nine and three in those games or something like that. I don't remember. I hate uh, the shootout, Alex. I hate yeah, the shootout, shootout is terrible. I wish they would get rid of it too. Uh, I think every it had obviously when they first brought it back, you know, so many years ago. I think there was um, quite a bit of appeal to it, but now fans kind of realize it's just a crappy way to end the game. So, yeah, I hope Monday they can agree to extending three on three overtime for a little longer because. The Devils were really good in that three-on-three session, if I remember right. Like They had their chances, but Vamelka just made some pretty good saves. So they could have won that game, especially if it went you know, a couple minutes Jesper, longer. I think Jesper definitely could have had a Hattie. I think he had a breakaway where he got denied. Yeah, I think there the, the, yeah, was in the—I don't remember if that was in overtime or the third period. I think it was oh, in the third, the period. third period. But still, you yeah. know, could have, they would have yeah, put it away, right? That would have put the game away, exactly, yeah. what I was going to say. So I think it was then, and then the Devils got the penalty, and then after that, the Coyotes tied up the game on the power play after that. So. Was it a soft penalty call, or was it— I don't remember was it, what the penalty was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, listen, Hughes had three points, which is ridiculous. Um a, he had and Dougie had another goal, uh, and it was the Jesper coming out party. But again, it's the common theme here. It's like one line that's producing, and that's not what we expected. We thought this top nine was solid through and through. Um, and again, it's Jesper and Jack kind of leading the way. Yeah, and that was the problem against Florida, too. So I guess we could just kind of segue into it yeah. here because I don't think there's much left to talk about the Coyotes. The game. only thing is, I just want to reiterate, I hate the shootout. Yeah, I'm, I will reiterate that myself as well because I hate the shootout. And I think most fans, based on my mentions these days, don't like the shootout. I don't think there's too many fans who enjoy watching it anymore. But yeah, anyways, the Florida game, I mean, really similar to the first two games. Um, slow start, except the slow start was a little worse this time. The Devils ended up going down 4 nothing before a furious late uh, or a furious third period comeback. They got it within one goal, lost by one. Um, you know, I mean, Dawson Mercer clearly got tripped there. I think that was just a case of where the refs was like, I'm not deciding this game, uh, even though you got to call that. I mean, it's obvious that. You, know, you got to call that. I know Florida had a couple of penalties before that, but but you got to call it. Yeah, it's a it's a clear it. penalty. Yeah, I mean everyone saw. It. I mean he chopped. I think was it Kulikov? I think chopped down. He was the one who should have gotten yeah. the penalty. So it is what it is. I mean the Devils. I mean, yeah, you could say it cost them the game, but no, it did put themselves. That did not yeah. cost them the game. No, it, I, the, the first two periods yeah. of not even showing up. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like these slow starts, they have to figure it out. And part of, I didn't think defensively, honestly, they were that bad in the first two periods. I thought it was solid. Um, Vanacek was 
okay. I don't think he was terrible, but do I you think he should have stopped the Verhage goal? He should have stopped one of them. Like you'd like to get a save. You, he should have stopped one of the first four goals. Like you got to get a save, an unti- a timely save from him somewhere that he's not yeah. supposed to make. Um, but definitely can't blame that loss on him. The more concerning part, and what you mentioned before, was that it was like a one-line team. They weren't generating anything offensively. And that was the issue against Florida, is that they weren't generate in the first period specifically, they didn't generate anything outside of the Brat Hughes into Foley line, which is why I'm happy Ruff broke up the lines and kind of evenly split the, 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 the talent throughout the top nine heading into the Islanders game. We'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, they need more from the rest of their top nine. I thought the only player, well, not the only player, because there were quite a few in the comeback who were showed signs of life. But I thought Alex Holtz was had a good game really from the start. He set up Meyer for a great scoring chance when he was on the forecheck and made a great pass from behind the net. Then he had a stretch pass to Palat in the third period where Palat either hit iron or Grabowski got like a piece of it. And then he was a big um, factor on the goal that McLeod scored in the third period to make it 4-2. So positive signs from him. I thought he had a good game. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, Timo Meyer, um, he got benched for the whole third period. Yeah, he deserved it. I mean, he said as much today. I, I don't know if you saw that tweet from Sammy Kassan with the quote from uh, Meyer, but he knew he screwed up. Um, I'm not really concerned about him in the long run. Like, I think he'll be fine. He'll, he'll figure it out. Um, in the short term, though, they got to get him going. So I like Ralph placing him with Hughes and Mercer. I think that could definitely get him going. But yeah, he had a bad game against Florida. The two penalties really kind of killed any momentum that they were building up. So it's good that Ruff benched him, send a message early in the season. You know, we're not going to get the bad habits out of the way early. Now we don't want this to linger going forward. I mean, the, the scary thing is we've had one line only producing and we've been in every game. So if yeah. we can actually just get another line to do some, like show some heartbeat, these games are a wrap. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, Jack Hughes was a minus two against yeah. the Panthers, and so I mean, was Toffoli. So if your if your top line is getting outscored, then you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. And really you got that. nothing else cooking, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't really put plus minus is kind of like a useless stat now, so I don't really put too much into it. But because I thought they were well, playing I think overall, I, thought, I think my point is is that if you know that line is if if that's the only line that's going for us right now, and that and then they're you know on the ice for two goals against and nothing, or I mean, you know minus two, then you know then the rest of the team needs to step up, and, and that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean it was. Pretty clear in the first period. What did that game start with? Palat and Meyer and Heischer is the first line. Yeah, right? that was a nightmare. It did, yeah, it did not go well uh, from the start. Um, ended with Mercer, Palat, and Heischer, which worked out pretty well, I think, in the third period. And then you had, um, what was it, Halla and McLeod and Holtz is the third line in the third period, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. which they look good too. Um, they did. They generated a lot of. They got. They got the hollow goal. Yeah, um, um, McLeod goal. I think right. And um, yeah, Hollow was on the power play. Oh, sorry. Yeah, McLeod yeah. goal. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that that line. I thought was great. I listen. All the all the power to Holt. I mean, he was battling out there. I mean, he's. I think he's realizing he's got to be more than just a a, a sniper. Yeah. 
And it wasn't even his shooting ability last night. Like he had a couple shots on goal, but it was more his playmaking that stood out to me. And he's always been an underrated playmaker, dating back to his days with Jure Garden and the SHL. Um, so if he can start contributing that way too, that'd be good. But yeah, I mean McLeod, I think Halla is going to slot into that third line uh, if he plays on Friday. Um, he was out of practice today, so it would probably be Palat, Halla, and Holtz. But I mean McLeod has looked really good to start this season. Um, so if he's playing there on Friday night, I, I think you know that'd probably be a good combination with Palat and Holtz. But it's good to recognize that Roth kind of recognized like I can't, if I want to get the rest of this lineup going. I can't put Hughes, Toffoli, and Brat on one line and just have them be the one line that's generating anything. So I like flipping Hughes and he essentially flipped Hughes and Heisher from the combinations that they started the season with. Yeah, I, and listen, it it. I think the two best play drivers on the same line showed incredible magic, and I'm referring to Jack and Jesper, but if if none of the other lines are going and none of the other lines are driving play, yeah, you, I guess you got to kind of split them up to see if you can get the other guys going. Yeah, which is why, I mean, like, flipping Hughes and Heischer there, it's like, if you put Heischer with Toffoli and Brad on paper, at least it looks like it's something that should work out pretty well. So Yeah, well, and but the disappointing thing is is that you expect Timo to drive play, right? Yeah, and I think he will in time. You know, power forwards, um, I, someone had told me today that power forwards, Paul Bizanet said on Chicklets once that power forwards usually take a little longer to get going. Uh, during the regular season, and Timo is very much a power forward. That's his style of play, so that's why I'm not really concerned. And I I forgot to pull it up before we started recording, but Bill Spaulding had the tweet about Myers starts the last couple of seasons, um, and he's had something like there was one season where he had like three points in his first ten games, and then it was like uh, I don't know, like four points in twelve games or something. And then after that, he just starts cooking. So um, that's why I'm not really concerned with Meyer. I think he's going to figure it out eventually. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> no, he will. I don't. I'm not. Really, I'm not. I don't have concern there. Yeah, it it it's clearly not been Timo time, um, but yeah, he'll bring it around. He'll bring it around, especially yeah. especially once Nico starts cooking again, because I think those two together are, are yeah, what makes. Sense. I think he, that Ruff will ultimately end up going back to them together, but he just needs Meyer to get you know going first. Uh, anything else you want to add from the Panthers game? Um, uh, yes, I do actually. Brendan Smith. Um, <laughs> how yeah. can we forget? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That second goal. I mean, first of all, that's not even the play you should be trying to make. That's a very difficult low percentage play trying to whack the puck out of like midair basically. And then Carter Verhage, you got to know that Carter Verhage is coming down the wing there. He's a 40 goal scorer last season and he just got completely toasted there. I think, I mean, I guess you that's the one goal where you say Vanacek has got to stop it, but I mean, Brendan Smith did not do him any favors, so um, I, I, don't, I don't understand why Ruff has not even tried to get Colin Miller in the lineup yet. He's playing, he's playing Friday. No, I mean, he wasn't in the, the regular rotation for the defense pairs for practice today, so maybe that'll change over the next couple of days, but I don't Think Colin Miller is playing yet? Which I, 
I mean, we'll see. They're still they got. But to be fair, he had a very rough preseason, right? It's not like Brendan Smith was much better, which is what I I know. But at least Brendan Smith knows the system. Yeah, so maybe they're still trying to get Colin Miller comfortable with the system. But that's what that's what honestly I think that's what it is. There's no way that Brendan Smith's better than Colin Smith, Colin Miller. But I think he's just not ready for the system yet. But yeah, I mean, but like, can he be that much worse than Brendan Smith has been through these? First three games, I, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he did not have a good game. I mean, John Marino was playing well until he got completely cooked on the Panthers' third goal. I think that's when Mikola scored from. Uh, and he was, yeah. Like, he, that's why. I, I, that's when going back and watching the highlights, I'm like, okay, that's why rough bench. He got, he got, he got yeah. completely cooked on that play. Question for you: uh, what, What's your thoughts on the first three games from Luke? Uh, two good games and one uh, not so good game. I think that was the Arizona game where he kind of struggled a little bit. But I thought he was pretty good against Detroit, and I thought he played well last night against Florida too. There was the one play where he was trying to stick handle at the blue line a little bit, and he took a tripping penalty. But if I remember right, the Devils like drew a penalty pretty much right after that when the Panthers were. Yeah, they did, but it's still he's got a got to clean up the stick handling yeah, at the blue learn, line. Yeah, he's gonna learn. As he matures, that he's there's going to be certain times where he can do that and where he can't. But when he did it to you know affect last night, it was pretty good. Like he would get, he would stick handle, create some space for himself at the blue end, then even kind of just skate down towards the to the toward down the down toward the faceoff dots and maybe try to get a puck on that or try to get a passing play or try to get set up someone uh, through his passing. So I thought he played pretty well for the most part. Um, there's been some ups and downs, but like I think still I mean, no points. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about the points right now either. I think no. you know it's still what only like he's only played what like eight NHL games if you include the playoffs last season too. Played twenty minutes last night. So yeah, he was playing a lot, which I something I wanted Ruff to try during the preseason. That third period, he had hit Luke. Ruff had Luke with Dougie for like pretty much the entire third period trying to generate some offense. So I mean, that like, six on four is ridiculous when you could throw Dougie and Luke. Oh, no, oh, this is what it was. The four on four when it was Dougie, Luke, Jesper, and Jack. Holy shnikes firepower. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which is what I like when you need offense. You put the two of those guys together, and uh, it's going to be tough for teams to defend, especially if you're in a four on four situation. But even at five on five, he was using Luke and Dougie um, quite a bit um, in the third period to just try to help the team get back in the game. Yeah, um, and you can definitely tell. Yeah, Marino did not see the ice in the third period. Yeah, him with and, only yeah, him and Meyer only had one shift. I think in the third period, it was probably like in the first like minute or something like that. Yeah, and um, Lazard uh, as well was a casualty of it, but yeah. Listen, that, I don't think that was because of him. I think it was just because of the nature of the play. Yeah, uh, you I don't get your big scores out there to try to come back. Exactly. I don't think that was that was anything to do with him. I think he's he he did what he was supposed to do. I think the fourth line has been yeah they played good. well yeah they played yeah well. I think they've been good. Uh, I'm not going to say great, but they've been good. And you know they bring that punch of energy that you know the uh, I don't want you know two out of the three top line. Have not brought. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I mean, in the first period, it was the Hughes line and then the McLeod line that had generated the best chances. They weren't getting anything from you know the Hollow line and the the Heischer line. That's why Ruff made some changes as the game went along. 
Yeah, exactly. Too many passengers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but let's put a pin in the Panthers game. I'd love to see them actually like stage somewhat of a comeback. Like I thought that was very encouraging. Yeah, um, sure. And I mean, it they, just shows you that they're never out of a game. Yeah, and it shows you that when they figure it out, um, I mean, it could they be, can yeah, score the yeah, puck in, it, in furious rates. Yes, exactly. So um, once they get the consistency into the game, they should be fine. Now, as a follow-up to last night, uh, Lindy Ruff had quite the practice today uh, with the guys running skate, you know, skating hard. Uh, I saw them. I saw the everyone was pulling out the miracle meme on Twitter today. Yeah, uh, again, again, uh, my favorite sports movie ever. Alex, do you think? He gives them tomorrow off, or you know, you think it, it's the right tactic to run them into the ground this early in the season? What What, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I've you could tell in his post game uh, after the Panthers game that he was pretty pissed, which rightfully so. Uh, I don't know if pissed is the right word, but he was definitely annoyed and frustrated with how the team played to start the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think they kind of deserved it, honestly. And it sends a message like, listen, you have to, you got to get it together. It, like these slow starts, it's not going to work. Like you can only come, they were good at it last season, but you can only come back so many times. Uh, so yeah, I think it's good that he's trying to send a message now. Uh, I mean, I think because of the CBA, I don't think they can practice three straight days heading into the Islanders game. So they're probably going to get a day off here at some point, um, either tomorrow or on Thursday. But yeah, it was good to see them have a hard practice today and just kind of send a message. I don't, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, same. I mean, they need to be run into the ground. I mean, that, that, the first two periods of today were comically bad. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just you're not. You have to find a. It's not a sustainable path to winning. Like it's one thing to give up the first goal. Like coming back from a one-zero deficit is really nothing in the NHL anymore. Even two nothing, you know, you can make that up pretty quickly. But I mean, falling back three nothing, four nothing, I mean, it's just, it's so difficult to do that, you know, time and time again. So, yeah, I think the message there is get you, you know, if you guys don't get off the better starts, we're going to keep doing this until you figure it out. So I like them sending a message early and making sure they they get this bad habit out, you know, in the first like few games of the season. Exactly. All right, should we take a quick break and then we'll get into our favorite segments? Yeah. All right, sounds good. Hey, everyone. Alex here from NJ Devils on the Rush. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. For example, the Giants and Commanders are playing this week. Commanders are... Uh, minus 125 and two-point favorites while the Giants are plus one or five. And the over-under for that game is 39.5 at minus 110. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit 
ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, and we are back with Static! Alejandro, give it to us. Yeah, so it's early in the season, and it's really tough to go do anything with advanced stats here because we've only got a three-game sample. But I'm going to throw out Timo Meyer's expected goals share <laughs> in three games, 32.27%, which is the worst on the team. And like I said, small sample size, it's not going to stay that low. He's he's going to figure it out, but that's just like kind of show like, He's really had a, it's been a struggle for him the first three games for sure. So he's still in Italy on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm cashing in on that check. Um, I don't know. It's kind of odd because he did. I thought he had a pretty decent preseason, but yeah, he's not played well. So there's your stat attack for this week. You know, obviously, once these sample sizes get a little bigger and make more sense, uh, we're still in small sample size season, and this is really not going to mean anything. Uh, for three games, but yeah, he's struggled and it shows in his numbers so far. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to stay on that line. At least that that was the line for the first two and a half games. Um, But Nico and and shout out to CJ friend of the pod. Come on whenever you'd like CJ. (laughs) Nico was 14 for 24, 37% in the faceoff dot through two games. This is, is a worse two-game percentage than any point last season. Lois was March 12th and 14th when he was 13 of 20, 39%. So not the Nico we expected from the dot in the first two games, but but his season average is already back up to 50% flat with his performance from the dot in the Panthers game. So... Kind of a slow start for Nico from the dot. We expect him to be that wizard that he is from there, but it's already back up there, and uh, you know, it'll probably be above fifty percent by the the end of next week. Yeah, I agree there, and uh, he's got some new line mates that should help him out a little bit too. So, yeah, I mean, what do line mates impact him from the face? I mean, they if they're getting in, you know, you kind of like get in. Oh, like, winning oh, the pot. Yeah, winning yeah. the fifty-fifty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't. Wow. That's what I'm here oh, for. Sure. Yeah, listen. Listen, I'm just a pretty face. <laughs> um, okay, that is a wrap on stat attack. Should we hop in the dungeon? Yes, first Devil's Dungeon of the season. Uh, yeah, honestly, I texted you last night. I go, this will probably be an easy segment. Yeah. Because but it I, doesn't look too pretty. I think you can, I could, you could probably think of a couple players after, if you give it some real thought. Who are you going with? Listen, obviously there's the candidates of uh, a Brandon Smith, uh, a Timo Meyer. Um, you know, I don't think, to be fair, Nico's played particularly well or to the standards that we'd expect yeah. him to. But is he dungeon worthy? Is he dungeon worthy? That's the thing. Yeah, and I would say I no. don't think he is. I yeah. don't think he is. But you know what is dungeon worthy? The goddamn penalty kill. <laughs> that yeah. is dungeon worthy. I mean, this is ridiculous how many penalty they're giving up. And it cost them the game in Arizona. It cost them the game in Florida. 
Um, luckily, it didn't cost him against Detroit, but the 50% on the penalty kill, unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. Yeah. That, so that needs to, that. That, 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 that's just a lack of effort sometimes, right? Or, or, or hockey smarts to get the puck out of the zone, like you, you said earlier with Kenny. Yeah, exactly. So I think they'll figure it out. But yeah, that's a, that's a worthy dungeon. Uh, they're worthy for the dungeon to start the season. For me, I'm doing. Remember how last season we put Andre Pilat in the dungeon, and all of a sudden Pilat would score a goal or something like that. So, in the same kind of sense, I'm putting Timo Meyer in the dungeon. You know, we'll find out if he's listening to the pod or not, like Pilat was last season. So, Timo Meyer is in the dungeon, but I do this out of love to get you going. I'm not, you know. It's hard love, Timo. It's, it's hard just love. hard love. We did, yeah. So, we'll find out if you score a couple goals against the Islanders on Friday. Well, no, you listen to the pod, and that uh, the dungeon really got to you, and you, it motivated you to come out with a good yam. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Timo. Love you. Come on the pod anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get out of the dungeon? Yeah, let's get out of the dungeon. All right. Got it. That's a wrap on the dungeon. Now to... Which will be a pretty fun three stars of the week. I mean, there's plenty of candidates. Uh, well, no, actually, there's not this that many not candidates. That many. Yeah, there's not that many. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gave me first on Dungeon. How about you kick us off with your third star? Yeah, so, uh, man. So I think for third star, I'm going to go with Alex Holtz, honestly. Um, played pretty well. I still would like to see him shoot the puck more often. Um, but... He's playing well, so I can't I can't really blame him. Uh, you, I, the playmaking's there. I would like to see him get a, a shot in the top six at some point, but for now, he's fine where he is. Um, yeah, I think it's coming along for him, and I think overall his play's been fine enough. Uh, the first two stars for me would be a lot easier than the third, but yeah, I'm going to stick with Holtz for that. Yeah, I think the third star is pretty easy for me. Jonas Siegenthaler. Um, I think he's had a great start to the season. Um, he obviously had the three-point game, um, but he's been a great partner to Dougie, and and they've picked up where they've left off. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Sorry, you know. Actually, I got to change it. It's got to be. It's got to be Dougie and Jonas in the third. I'm just going to go that yeah, pairing. You put the pair. Yeah, put the pair. I'm going to put that pair. I'm going to put that pair as third star. Uh, Dougie's providing the offense. Um, there's, you know, as you see, his his length in the offensive zone is just incredible, and his vision and his shot. So yeah, that that the first pairing on D for me. Right, uh, yeah, that that works. All right, who you got for a second star? Uh, I've got our, you know, our favorite Swedish player, Jesper Bratt, uh, has been carrying over. From the preseason, uh, he's got five points, I think, in the first three games. Um, Shot out of a goddamn cannon. I mean, he's got a rocket up his ass. Yeah, he looks really great to start the season. Uh, obviously, had the goal that brought it within 4-3 last night against Florida. Can we talk about his physicality, though? Yeah. It looks like he's throwing his body around. He's hitting people. And he's holding people off the puck like with his ass. Like That Swedish ass got bigger. <laughs> yeah, who mentioned that last night? Was it Bryce? Um, Salvador. Was, I think it was one of the team team yeah, it was related on MSG. Um, I think it was Bryce. Maybe post game was mentioning how much physical, more physical Brett looks, but I don't remember who it was exactly. But yeah, I mean he's throwing the body around. I think he's like top five ish in hits on the team so far this season, or something like that. Um, 
So yeah, that's another. I mean, no one's asking Jesper Bratt to go out there and you know have a two hundred hit season, but um, even one hundred. But um, well, he he put that nice hit. That listen, we had a fight over text about this because it was not interference. It was a great hit. Screw Dylan Larkin. The puck was right next to him when he fell down. Was it was Bradley? not a penalty. That was Jesper Bratt, yeah. Oh, okay. And Kevin Weeks can suck it too. All right. <laughs> But hey, man, if you ever want to come on the pod, uh, yeah, welcome. I'm sure that's going to get him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I mean, come on. Yeah, all jokes aside, but like, it, it's great to see from him. I hope yeah. it just doesn't translate into an injury. That's what I. That's my biggest concern. Is like you don't want him getting injured trying to throw a hit around. But yeah, I mean, he's doing everything else you expect him to to this point. So he's right up there with Jack and scoring. Um, so yeah, I mean, second star for me. Could have put Dougie here easily too, but you already got Dougie on your three star list to try to do a little. Something a little different here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously, I agree with you. And I think number one star goes without saying. Or, or, or is there any ambiguity for that? I mean, just a continuation of what we did basically every three stars last season. It's Jack. Jack, 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 Jack. I mean, holy shnikes. It's crazy that this 5'10 magician can take over a game on an ice filled with giants it's unbelievable yeah what he can do out there yeah he has the patience with the puck on his stick and when he wants to turn on the jets he'll do it too um he'll just blow by you so yeah i mean if he stays healthy i think he's cracking 100 points this season um yeah he's already on pace for like what 100 i mean this is obviously not gonna happen i don't think he's getting 164 points but i think that's what he's currently on pace for so yeah i mean he could be the first. He's going to be the first Devils 100 point scorer at some point. I think the season might be the year he does it. He's fucking electric. Yeah, that's why. Like, there's really not like any. Obviously, you know, there's some concerns with how the team has played through the first three games. But like, when you have a player like Jack, they're going to figure it out eventually. So, yeah, he's going to drag them kicking and screaming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, all right, that wraps up the three stars of the week. Shout out to Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, the first pair on D, and Alexander Holtz. Congratulations on your first minting of the season. Uh, we'll be sending you all goodie bags. <laughs> now let's take a look at that next week. I don't, I don't know what our recording schedule is going to be because it's kind of a funky week when you look at it schedule wise. Yeah, because right? we don't play till Friday. Against We're both the not be around for that game either. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be watching it on my phone. Um, <laughs> well, nice. While the while the couple ties the knot. Um, <laughs> shout out to Greg and Sydney. I'm uh, sure they're avid listeners. No, he's a Rangers fan, but oh, um, well, oh, we do have yeah. Coop on, so can't. Ooh, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a rag fan. But congratulations, Greg and Sydney. I know you'll never listen to this, but congrats. <laughs> Now we have the Isles on Friday. Then we have the Canadians and Caps back to back Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm thinking maybe we fit in a pod next Thursday, something like that. Yeah, it's just a weird. The early season schedule is always a little weird. So yeah, and then we could follow it up with maybe a pod on Monday or Tuesday the following week to recap Sabers Wild. Yeah, um, I think they got a back to back with the Caps. Oh, Canadians. Yeah, they do. Right. So. 
Uh, is that Tuesday, Wednesday, if uh, I remember right? I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday, that back-to-back, so. No, 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 no. They have a, yeah, I know it's a Thursday, Friday, but. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, over the Wild and the Blues, 2nd and 3rd of November. Okay. Yeah, I thought they had it back as back next week too, but I don't know. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah, yeah they do. The Canadians yeah. in the Toronto. Caps. The, yeah, Caps. Caps. Okay. Caps. Yeah. Caps game's prime time. TNT. Oh well, yeah, we got a, the Devils got a, a bunch of uh, national broadcasts this year, so that should be pretty cool. Exactly. Oh, it's on NHL Network on Friday. Uh, the Islanders game. Yeah. I gotta figure that one out. Yeah. All right, no worries. Okay, so Isles, like, I'm not that like concerned, right? I mean, they could get goalied, yeah, but they should choice. beat this team. I mean, like, they should come out hungry and just beat them into the ground. Yeah, I mean, like I said, preseason is not much, but I mean, they did steamroll the Islanders twice in the preseason when the Islanders basically iced in a full lineup, so it has to be a little encouraging. But like you said, um, you know, Sorokin is always a concern. Um, we'll see. Uh, I think they know now that they have to come out with more desperation, more urgency to start a game. Um, they're definitely the quicker, more talented team than the Islanders. Um, there's no doubt about that. I saw Scott Mayfield is out for the Islanders tonight with an injury, so that would be something to watch for Friday. Uh, if he's not available, he's a pretty solid defensive defenseman, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um I mean, yeah, talent-wise, the Devils really it should be in a better position to win this game, even if it's on the road. Um, the one concern is Sorokin plays. I don't know what the Islanders' schedule is like this week. If they're coming, if that's a back-to-back for them or not, so maybe they'd get lucky and miss but it. But if you're the New Jersey Devils, you're expecting the number one goalie every night. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not like last season where um, you know teams, at least early last season, where teams were not taking them seriously yet. So we'll see. I think the Devils. We'll get off to a better start here. If not, uh, they can be running back skates all weekend. So, um, yeah. Listen, all three of these games I expect to win. This is like this is what is somewhat of a soft spot in the schedule if you are in line with expectations with what you want out of this season. You are better than the New York Islanders. You are better than the Montreal Canadiens. And you are for sure better than the Washington Capitals. Go out and win these three games. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they're better. They're, these are teams that are not... I mean, I guess maybe the Islanders will be in the playoff conversation, but these are not really, like, top-of-the-half league teams. Because um, then you have a big showdown Friday night with the Sabres. Yeah. And I'm going to be at that game, and if you guys come out flat, I will be jumping on the ice. <laughs> also, we're going to... The wildest face reveal of all time. <laughs> Anyone that listens to this podcast are going to find out the fisherman who, who the fisherman is when he runs out onto the ice in the middle of the Sabres game and gets arrested. <laughs> I mean, hey, they'll bring viewers in, so I guess I can't complain. <laughs> Yeah, but seriously, listen, I expect six out of six points. Wrap yeah. it up. Like, I mean, just get some problem. momentum. Like, you just need to start building building these small winning streaks. Yeah, even five out of six, I mean, that's good. No, that's, if they go, like, five out of six points, then you look at what they would be pacing for 82 games, it's like, okay, we're, they're really on track here to make the playoffs. So, like, that's obviously a success, too. But, yeah. I, no, but, I the, but, expect, the, but the other thing is, is, like, they're fully healthy right now, knock on wood, right? Right, yeah. Like, 
bank points when you're fully healthy. Yeah, this is what I was something I was planning on writing about here for NJ Devils on the Rush, which you can subscribe to now for forty percent off in one year. Shameless plug. Um, but yeah, I was talk I was going to write about like how their their schedule to start the season is pretty. It works in their favor because once it's not that it's not that hard. Like these are teams that they should win. And it also gives them the, uh, it's a good chance for them to, I guess, work on some of the stuff that's been plaguing them for these uh, first few games, not only because the level of competition isn't the best, but they also have a lot of time off in between these games. Like, they play Friday night, and then they, they get another three days off, if I'm not mistaken. Right, It's like Tuesday, Wednesday. They're going to have time to work on these things. So, yeah, that's something I want to write about, is how, like, this early schedule, they got to take advantage of this early schedule, not only because of the level of competition, but it also affords them the opportunity to work on the stuff that, that hasn't gone so well in the first three games. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not like I'm not upset they lost to the Panthers. They've always had trouble with the Panthers, but it's the way they, that they lost. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's that's like, I agree. With completely that. inexcusable because if they even played the way they like played half in the third period in the second period, they probably win the game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's why, and I'm sure that's part of why Lindy Ruff was frustrated too. Like. Yeah, he probably saw like what they did in the third period. It's like, why can't you do that for the first 30, 40 minutes of a game? The problem is, is they know they have a switch, and when they flip the switch, it's electric. But they haven't won anything yet. You haven't done anything. You haven't even made it to an Eastern Conference Finals. So forget about the goddamn switch and start the game out with some freaking passion. <laughs> Yeah, they got to flip that switch from the opening face-off, which is what's really been kind of the problem for them right now. Yeah, you are not the Tampa Bay Lightning. You are not the Boston Bruins. You are not even the New York Rangers. Teams that have consistently made the playoffs for the past decade, and then, you know, they, they, they know how to play the regular season. You don't know shit. <laughs> Seems a little intense for three games. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Get it out there. This is, this is cool. <laughs> All right. With that being said, I think that's a wrap. Us, uh, yeah, I think it's a good, good place to end it here. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and let's go, Devils. Let's go, Devils. <laughs>